It's February 1st, 2023. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And first up, we'll have Mella James back on the show. And she's the president of the Hawaii Venture Capital Association and a partner with Mana Up. And of course, she's here to tell us about the upcoming HVCA Entrepreneur Awards gala event coming up. And uh, of course, right after that... Uh, then we have Steve Sue. He's a serial entrepreneur with Biz Gym and Lemonade Alley. And, of course, he's a host of a bunch of other entrepreneur ventures. And we're going to be talking about the legendary Shaka sign. So you want to stay tuned for that. Now, I want to welcome Mele James back to the show. Mele, welcome. And, of course, we're talking about HVCA and, and the uh, upcoming uh, 23rd annual Hawaii, Ven- Hawaii Venture Capital Association Entrepreneur Awards. Welcome to the show, Mele. Thank you, Bert. Yeah, we're super excited. We're hosting our event back in person again. It's, it's actually kind of funny. It's the 23rd annual. It's on February 23rd, 2023. So it feels like we coordinated that. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yeah. February, yeah, February 23rd, 2023. Okay, okay. That's really, there's no such thing as coincidence, you know. Yeah, there's no such thing. But it's also nice. We're celebrating 35 years of the organization that really founded in 1988 um, to support innovation, startups, entrepreneurs for the past 35 years, which is pretty pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, our, our event has been happening, our Entrepreneur Awards, since uh, the year 2000. And um, it's exciting. We're going to be awarding 13 different categories. And we've got everything from Deal of the Year, which is the largest venture capital transaction mm-hmm. of the year, all the way down to... Entrepreneur of the Year, uh, which is an amazing turnaround story. Um, Eldon Ito, who is a CEO with RVCM, which was p- before Revicom. Um, and and for, I know you know a lot about that story, but just an incredible company that has seen ups and downs and is now really thriving, um, employing over 150 people here in Hawaii. So super, super cool story. Um, we've got Island Innovator of the Year with Daylene Kaneni from NoHo Home. And um, that's an award that's been really neat just to think about how do we solve challenges in our own backyard. Um, and we've got many other categories as well. Yeah. So, you know, what's the typical process of, you know, getting getting your roster of, of selected companies to uh, to select from, to choose from? Yeah. So we do a call for applications or nominations, excuse me, during mm-hmm. the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, we get dozens and dozens of nominations. Um, we have a 10 to 12 person selection committee. That's a secret who's on it. Just kidding. Uh, we've got <laughs> different board members and other members um, from the community who are really supportive, who represent different elements of innovation and entrepreneurship here. So we really try to make sure we have everything covered um, because the nature of the awards covers so many areas from social impact to agriculture to consumer packaged goods to tech, student, entrepreneur of the year, um, all those things. The, the really exciting one, of course, is People's Choice of Startup Paradise. We have five companies and Hawaii Business Magazine is our media partner, and so they just launched the voting where people, the community, could vote for their favorite um, startup of um, Startup Paradise. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I want to give actually a special shout out to American Savings Bank, who's come on as our presenting sponsor this year. So really, really grateful and thankful for their support over the many years. Yeah, and you know when um, now you're going back to a live event. Of course, the live events, uh, Melly. I got to tell you, man, they're super fun. So. What is uh, what is where's the live event going to take place this year? Yes, so it'll be on um, February twenty third, six to nine thirty p.m. at Wailai Country Club, um, and it's a wonderful place if you're looking to 
find out what's happening in Startup Paradise and who these entrepreneurs are, what great innovations happening and momentum happening in the state. It's an amazing whirlwind of, of meeting all these different finalists and winners. Many categories um, have finalists and the winners will be announced that night. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a really fun way to just network and, and meet other entrepreneurs. And Mele, you know, you've been you've been doing this uh, probably not for the twenty three years that the award program has been going on, but uh, before I was born, Bert. Huh? Yeah, I know. I mean, you you started this uh, gig about when you were like five years old. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, but have you? What's your assessment? I mean, are we? Are, is Hawaii kind of like getting uh, getting more entrepreneurs? Are, are, I I feel personally that you are really making a difference. But what's your sense of the you know the the ecosystem here? Yeah, the ecosystem is definitely getting bigger. I think when I first moved back home in 2012 from Silicon Valley, you know, uh, we I think everything was getting really getting started. We had our first co-working space, Box Jelly, opening our first startup weekend happening. So a lot of awesome momentum. And now we see so many great accelerators, venture funds that are now here, um, and also broadening how we view innovation, startups, small business, and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more encompassing. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot, of course, with Mana Up, with our consumer packaged goods, entrepreneurs, and, and small businesses. So I feel like the community is growing. There's a lot more events happening and ways to collaborate and a lot more funding, but also seeing a lot more diversity with our founders and CEOs and leaders um, in this space, which is also really, really exciting. Yeah, and then- you know, before the before um, you know during the kind of COVID period, I mean, you were able to do sort of a multimedia production, right? And but going back into a live uh, scenario, are you still gonna sort of do a production that uh, captures you know the the winners on on some kind of a you know uh, streaming media that people can watch later on? So we won't be doing a full show like we did during the pandemic, mm-hmm. which again was amazing that our broader community could get access uh, and not see the 300 people at the event. Um, But we are going to do a roundup um, that's going to be able to have everyone meet who these people are. We're going to have short video of the founder, what their company is, and what they're excited about this year. So definitely having a roundup. And we're hopeful that we'll get some airtime on television, but also on YouTube and and Facebook. We will be doing a great roundup. So if anyone is interested, um, please definitely definitely go to hbca.org um, and sign up for our, our mailing list so you can be let known what's all happening here inside of Paradise. So hvca.org, and that'll get them to the, um, the event that if, uh, if they want to get a ticket, they can go, go there and get a ticket. Yes, they can go there and get a ticket. Oh, yes, very good. They can good. also join our mailing list. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, and- but I also wanted to be sure to bring up... Yeah, Mana Up. Okay. What's up? Yes, Mana, Mana Up. up. So we are recruiting right now for our eighth cohort. So if you know someone or are someone who has a consumer brand product um, in the retail value as food, health, and beauty or home space, and you're headquartered in Hawaii and would like to be part of our Mana Accelerator, please go to manauphawaii.com to learn more about what we're doing as well as um, uh, learn more about what's happening with our next cohort. Um, applications are open until February 17th. February 17th. And when does the actual cohort start? The cohort will start in the beginning of May. Okay, okay. And then yeah. uh, how many weeks does it go? So the cohort is actually six months. So it'll be May through November. Ah, very um, good. So, and it's a statewide initiative. So no matter where you are located, we will support flights, actually, with our partnership with Wine Airlines um, to be able to support uh, uh, entrepreneurs from any island um, that get into the program. 
Well, sounds great, uh, Melanie. And I really appreciate you coming on. And I'll have you back on uh, February 22nd. We'll get a little bit more detail into the HVCA Awards. And, and of course, you'll invite some of the uh, winners, uh, which will be featured, I think, in the next day. So I think that'll be fun. Uh, so, Mele, uh, again, where can people go to sign up for Mana Up and HVCA? So for Mana Up Cohort 8, that's manaaphawaii.com. And for the HVCA Hawaii Entrepreneur Awards, you can go to hvca.org. Thank you so much for, for yeah, having me. Mahalo, Mele. And, of course, uh, thanks for joining me. Aloha. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Steve Sue. And, of course, we're going to be talking about the classic Shaka Sign. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. And, of course, I'm happy, happy to welcome back Steve Sue, And, of course, he's got a bunch of uh, projects that he's been working on, and he can probably you know, expand on what I'm going to share. But uh, Biz Gym is one of them, Lemonade Alley, which probably everybody knows about. And, of course, a bunch of other ventures that uh, he's he's dabbled in. And, of course, uh, uh, we're now talking about something kind of brand new. He's working on a project to document the classic Shaka sign. Welcome to the show, Steve. <laughs> it's been a while. Aloha, Brother Bert. Yeah, so, when, gosh, I think uh, the last time I had you on the show was probably pre-pandemic. If I am not mistaken. Yeah, we were still in the studio at that time. Well, you know, we ran into each other over at the Capitol, and and uh, he was telling me about the uh, the Shaka project, and I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. I mean, I don't think, uh, I don't know, maybe, Steve, you can fill me in, but has there been any document or documentary about the Shaka sign? And it's something that is so iconic and just, you know, uh, ubiquitous across our culture here. Uh, but... Has anybody actually documented this before? There are some YouTube stories on it. You know, nothing very lengthy, maybe uh, a few tapes uh, around a minute or two long. But um, nobody's really set about doing a full documentary on it. And I came by way of this project kind of kicking and screaming. I, I really didn't want to do it at first. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, I just, that's crazy. That's a crazy story. Like, you know, somebody says, hey, Steve, why don't you do a documentary on the Shaka signs? Like, really? Wow. <laughs> When when Kapuna asks you, you respond. Okay, like okay, okay. And, yeah, so I kind of didn't want to do it just because it was an area that I felt was going to be in cultural history. And, you know, that can be pretty, like, iffy proposition in the state of Hawaii. you got to do it right. you, you got to do it really, right. Really, really yeah. right. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't know. And eventually the elders up in Lafayette really just pushed down to me hard. They said, Steve, you got to do this story. So. Auntie Kayla Miller, Uncle Harold Kukahi, Cy Bridges, um, you know, there's a number of them out there that just said, you really need to help us tell the story because these are people that actually knew uh, one of the original Shaka people. Like when they were kids, they knew this man as an elder, Mm -hmm. and they just felt that the oral history story would evaporate once these current day elders leave the planet. And so I agreed to take a look at it. We did some test shots about three years ago, right before the pandemic. And it kind of sat on my desk for a while. I, I did write a quick treatment for the film. And uh, Lauren Name of Kamehameha School happened by my desk one day, and she said, Steve, KS has to be part of this project. We, we just This is too important of a story not to keep for the people of Hawaii. 
And so um, she literally said, we're going to fund this thing. We're going to help you continue funding through it. And that was like a huge like vote of confidence to me. And, and ultimately, she came up with um, a number of cultural consultants for us. And it just, it just kicked off the stream of amazing people coming to the project. Uh, Brian Spicer of Sight and Sound Productions, he's the guy behind um, uh, Five O and Magnum PI uh, as a producer and director. He he came up and he said, "I'd love to help you, Steve." And so he's an executive producer on the project. Henry Capona's on the project, writing all original music and a soundtrack for it. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, I mean, and it's been this kind of renaissance of creativity in the film and recording arts. Uh, Brian Spicer actually recently uh, purchased. Island Sound Studios out in Hawaii Kai and renovated it. Uh, we were the first production in that space uh, about a month ago after the renovation. And so we brought Henry in there for a couple of days. And the, the man is a complete genius. I mean, I'm just like blown away to work with some of these folks. And meanwhile, we staffed up the production with pretty much all ACM grads. So these are, you know, kids like Alex Bateri, who's a Hawaiian um, uh, film director, uh, award winning. He did the 442nd movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Crystal uh, Backey, who is our cinematographer, she's also an ACM grad. And we even have an, an editor and camera operator who is currently a student at, at ACM. So from our standpoint in our nonprofit, and this is being, uh, the film is produced underneath Bizgenix slash ID8. We're actually in the process of a name change, so you no longer see Bizgenix in the future. We started in entrepreneurship. We're kind of moving more towards ideation and self-expression um so we operate a film and tv studio for the state down at the entrepreneur's sandbox it's called ideate studios as an ideation oh. and this kind of fits our bill because you know running this kind of community center of film and tv people for the state it really takes us like to that specter of how do we empower the next generation to get living wage jobs in this digital media space which you know, of course, it's highly technical. It's, it's computer literacy. It, it's all it's entrepreneurship. It's all these things combined that I think our state really wants into youth. And I do think it leverages the assets of the state, namely beautiful scenery, exotic cultures, um, in a way that's more sustainable than boots-on-the-ground tourism. Because ultimately, tourism is an export product by state classification, uh, film product, TV product is really the same thing. It's an export product, but we can export literally you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of product mm-hmm. without the kind of um, environmental impact that tourism has. You know, Steve, you, you, you touched on something that I, I want to delve into a little bit more because, uh, and I want to get back to the, the, the Shaka documentary, but the story about ID8, and I started by introducing you as a serial entrepreneur, and you've been doing stuff like you know, Lemonade Alley and Biz Gym. And, you know, I, I always saw you on the business side of things and uh, developing kind of uh, support material for people wanting to start their businesses and, and things. But I never really thought that you were, like, into the production uh, of content, you know, in terms of film production or, or uh, streaming media content or in, in, in the case of this documentary. I mean, you're in a, a production mode, right? You're a producer. That was my first... Uh job before I got into entrepreneurship. So it's kind of old school going back to, you know, film set. I used to be a production designer and Mm -hmm. I did many types of design as a really a lead conceptualist. I did theme parks and did casinos for 10 years around the world. So I I have a pretty deep background in entertainment venue design, um, live music production, 
into film and it's just been kind of like nice to come home back to the arts and what I kind of realized is that I'm not so much that serial entrepreneur guy anymore it's like you know did some investments did okay Mm -hmm. but ultimately the thing that's most exciting to me in a way it's like not even to worry about making money but to do something that really serves the people so even Lemonade Alley was not really an entrepreneurship contest because the kids didn't get to keep the money we made them give it to a charity of their choice Mm -hmm. so that in my mind, is social venturing. And with that, I realized that I really want to teach people how to make a living, you know, how to, how to plus their lives, but also be generous and give some to the people that are really, truly in need. And, and along the way, with education, we started writing curriculum in BizGenics, and we're continuing with that process. But it's really interesting to see how the young people really are craving for these new career pathways. And I think digital media is absolutely key to that it, it just is epicenter to how we can move the needle with both engaging the kids but also showing them how do you use and apply stem in a real world fashion you know it's just like don't just learn math for math's sake apply it somewhere that counts well you know uh, i I, 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 I think that's uh, uh, your your sort of metamorphosis from the biz uh moniker that i've i'm used to into something new called ID8. And, of course, it's the letter I, D, and then the number 8. But I want you to tell us a little bit more about that that uh, metamorphosis and the emergence of this, this new identity. But we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short break to continue our conversation with Steve Sue, And we're talking about ID8 and the Shaka sign. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian motor experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Steve Sue. And of course, he's been involved with a lot of things. He's not calling himself a serial entrepreneur anymore, but... uh, he is now more of a producer of digital media, and he's working on something for the uh, Shaka Sign documentary. But you know, right before the break, we we're kind of talking about the kind of the, the rebranding and the metamorphosis of of what you are doing, and you have something called ID8. Tell us a little bit more about ID8 and and what you're doing at the Sandbox and your partnership with uh, folks like you know the Creative Industries and Georgia Skinner and. What are you, you're providing an environment for more of this digital media creation? Yeah, correct. So, and the, the whole idea spectrum, it's an unevolution of Steve Sue. I, I went from being an art guy to being a business guy, and I'm going back to being an art guy. Okay, so okay. Yeah. identified our nonprofit as IDA as a way to help the next generation become um, artists that can actually make a living. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the connection between art and business is kind of why, you know, that whole entrepreneurship center exists. So within the um, sandbox uh, facility down in Kaka'ako, which is uh, was developed by uh, HDV, CDBED, and, and CID, Creative Industries Division, um, it, it's, it's a place that really needed to connect those dots. And so our nonprofit was identified to run a studio environment within that facility. So it's a brand new building. They put in a couple thousand square foot studio. Uh, it's probably now one of the most active green screens in town. A lot of the um, agencies go in there to shoot TV commercials. We 
have music production happening in there. We got film production happening in there. TV shows come in and tape stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a very large, wide cornucopia of uses for the studio. And along with that is building the creative community down. Now that we're out of COVID, we're actually able to start meeting. In fact, um, February 16th, next uh, three weeks from now, it's a Thursday night, we're doing our very first filmmaker's Pauhana at Indochino down in Kakaako. It's a restaurant, 6, 6 p.m. on. Come down and see some of what the kind of the micro-budget filmmakers are doing. So we're allowing our local filmmakers to kind of exhibit their wares and you know kind of show off a little bit and give some free swag. If they have stickers and things, they'll give those out. So it's kind of a nice way to just you know, rebirth the creative community in real life person. Um, and that's what I think is a big part of this IDA Studios. And the IDA Studios name, it actually largely informed what we were doing as a, as a nonprofit organization. And that really cued me off to, I really need to rebrand Bizgenics mm-hmm. into just IDA. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's what we are doing is ideation. And my background was I was always a story consultant. In fact, many people in California would always call me the story guy because I was really good at hunting out the story. So now I've gone full circle back to that. And in a way, entrepreneurship is kind of the same thing, which is what is the story of your company? And some people call it a brand. Other people call it a position. It kind of doesn't matter. It's like when you find a galvanizing moment in what you're providing and it lights people up, good story, good business, everybody's happy. So, so Steve, uh, you know, <clears throat> ID8 Studios, is that a, is that a 501c3? And, and how, do you, how do you get funding? I mean, are you trying to get philanthropic support? I mean, how do you raise money for the work that you're doing? Yeah, um, so ID8 Studios is a state-owned um, facility. So we have a deal with the state. We do a revenue share with them, so we operate the studio. That's going super good. We don't need to raise money other than for programs that happen in the space. And so working with Georgia Skinner to, you know, do some of these more community-based programs for the Shaka film, Shaka, a story of Aloha, mm-hmm. we still do need to raise $125,000 for the finishing budget. So with this particular picture, we've been shooting it for three years now. All through COVID, we had about a year and a half of hiatus because we couldn't interview Kapuna mm-hmm. in that really tough period. Um, but we finished principal photography. There's been really some big shots, cast of a thousand, literally on the beach, in, at uh, in La Ie. Mm-hmm. and and so you know we've been able to finish the really exciting shots, the expensive ones. Now we're into edit. Uh, we're in the studio with Henry doing music. We're doing effects. We're doing titles. All that stuff happens in the next six months, leading through June, and then we go to festivals. So we do have a GIA grant in with the state senator Glenn. Wakai is sponsoring us for a marketing um, uh, GIA, which is a couple hundred thousand dollars to go out to film festivals. This is a primo opportunity for us to build the state's brand, to you know claim the shaka for Hawaii. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's nothing that really tells people what are the what are the depths of the story, and it's an extremely deep story. I, I had no clue that there were so many alternative origin stories for where did it come from, where did the word come from. That, the, just the word origin stories are fascinating so alone. Can you, can really you, can you give us a little bit of a hint as to what the origin of the shaka came from? So, yeah, we, you know, just a teaser for the, for the documentary, of, you know. Yeah, most people point to stories of people losing digits and waving. And, of course, you know, we're a tourism state, so you're always waving at tourists. So... There are stories from Kalapapa, the leprosy. Oh, yeah. Huh? Molokai. There are stories of 
Paniolo using it as a drinking sign. There are stories of when people used to shoot marbles in the olden days, and th- th- this one comes from Maui, and it ultimately in- includes a fellow named Lippy Espinda, who was an entertainer. Um, entertainers factor into the story deeply. Elvis Presley did his first um, uh, satellite broadcast globally from Hawaii mm-hmm. in 1973, and he goes right to camera, and he throws a shotgun, and he goes, thank you very much. And, you know, we, of course, the, one of the leading ones is Hamana Kalili over in Laie, um, where he is reputed to have lost fingers at the Kahuku Sugar Mill. Oh. And, and so there's a number of different stories. What we're doing with the film is we're documenting every story we find, and we're putting them into the film. They're all completely entertaining. We could not get better characters for this movie. I mean, you know, you interview like 90-year-old component, and they are complete characters. And they're for real. It's like there's no filters for these folks. It's just, and they've all become my Hanai aunties and uncles. It's great. I have aunties and uncles all over these islands now. So the so, name, the know, name Lippy Espenda, I haven't heard that name for, for ages. <laughs> yeah, he factors into the story in a big way. And, and um, you were telling about the marbles. I mean, I remember you know, as a kid playing marbles. But if you think about it, yeah, when you shoot a marble, your thumb kind of goes out. And that's half the, half exactly. the soccer right there. Yeah. So there's a lot of plausible, you know, rap- or how it came about, how it was named. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not going to tell people what the story is necessarily. We're not going to make a judgment. We're simply going to present all the evidence and let the audience decide for themselves because the origin of the story is not as important as what it means today mm-hmm. and how do you apply it to make the world a better place. And in, in this point in time, after having gone through a pandemic and going through probably a decade and a half of really acidic politics, I really feel like this is the time when Hawaii will stand up and help the world find peace. And in fact, in 1986, I think it was, um, Pono Shim helped write a law called the Aloha Spirit Law, and this was all by way of anti-Pilahipaki. Right. And she told us that the world will look for peace, and they will turn to Hawaii, because Hawaii has the answer and the secret to that, and that secret is Aloha. And so I know now, having done all of this research, and I've become, like, I guess, kind of a shaka expert through this last three years, that this is a great way to spread aloha, to share aloha, to, you know, to understand the depths of aloha, because it's very difficult to articulate in so many words. But everybody here knows what this means when they flash it in all different contexts. It's kind of like the equivalent of a gesture that's the kind. Yeah, and yeah, I can say the kind, the kind, the kind, right? And you know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> but with the gesture, it's the same thing. I could be waving it to, to you when you let me in the lane of traffic, um, or I could be, you know, waving it to you because you did something epic on that last wave. There, there's so many different ways to use it, but everybody understands it. The meaning is aloha, and there is so much happiness and paradise behind it. Yeah. Hey, you can't do grimacing. So, right? Steve, in the last in the last smile. minute or so, where the where the name Shaka come from? So there are competing theories on that. One of the stories is a marble story. There's a story. Um, it uh, probably one of the most leading stories that's really well documented is it comes from Shakyamuni Buddha in Japan. So we've done a significant amount of research with Buddhist mudra experts and. Um, there was a big movie here in 1961 called Buddha Shaka. And oh, it was the, the yeah. first 70 miller Technicolor picture that came out of Japan, and it came and premiered in Hawaii. And it's very likely that that movie had something to do with um, 
Japanese pride welling and, and you know, yeah. elevating the word shaka. But we don't know for sure. It doesn't necessarily matter. There are other follow-ons to that, of course. Hey, Steve, I got uh, to ask you, where can people go and find out about the, the shaka, shaka documentary coming out? Yeah, of course. So shakafilm.com, you can get information, see the trailer. If you want free Shaka stickers, try projectshaka.com. Thanks, Steve. If you're sir. interested in renting studio time That's at good. IDA, try Thanks, IDA Steve. <laughs> Mahalo. Hey, Steve Sue, he's a serial entrepreneur, also doing ID8 Studios. He's, of course, started ventures like uh, Lemonade Alley and Biz Gym, but now he's doing some great stuff with the Shaka documentary. Hey, Steve, thanks for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll reprise a show we did about the goals for HDC in 2023. If you missed any part of this this, this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarsCafe.org. Our engineer is David Chang. You can catch us on HBR every Wednesday or anytime on the HBR app. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Mars Cafe. Stay tuned. Reveal is next. <laughs>